Welcome back to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager with Todd McElhaney. We're part of the leadership team here at Relate365.com, and I invite you to go to that website to download various episodes of Younger Older and other educational materials that you just might find useful in your life. We were talking about responsibility last time we were together, your personal responsibility, my responsibility, community, and if you uh, weren't paying attention, those of you that are listening right now, you can go to Relate365.com and get that if you want to put things in context for this program, because we're going to continue to talk about that. Um, have you ever used the program gotquestions.org? Um, just, a, just a couple times. Um, yeah. I really like that program. It's an uh, app that you can get on if you have an Apple product. I, I imagine you can get it on non-Apple products. I'm not sure how they work that way, because I'm an Apple guy, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but, ex- explain it to me. It's been a while since yeah, I've used yeah, it. GotQuestions.org is, is a place where almost any question you have concerning the Bible or how Scripture relates to something in culture, you can almost find an answer there. Type it in, and something close will come up. Uh, for example, I typed in, what does the Bible say about personal responsibility? And, and they have an article that comes up, and they give you verses with it, and they tell you about it, and you know, I don't work for gotquestions.org. I don't do anything for them. It's <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> no, not sponsored. But I like using the tool, and I want to mm-hmm. have our listeners have that tool available to them. And you can do it right from a browser, or you can do it as an app, hmm. either way. Uh, I, I believe what they do is they have um, seminary students, but I'm not sure. But I think they have seminary students that do the research, and then somebody checks it, and then they put it out here as an answer. And like anything, I would suggest that no matter what you read on the Internet, including gotquestions.org, that you take it to the Scriptures and take a look and see if they answered it correctly according to what God's Word says. Uh, So it's not giving them responsibility to tell you what's right and wrong. It's giving you a tool to help you decipher some things uh, in life. So what they've done, though, is I go to their site. It's kind of interesting. Because they start out by saying this as far as responsibility. Part of growing up is taking responsibility for oneself. Hmm. I mean, that's a very simple comment. And, and I think... Very profound, though. And, I mean, not culturally promoted at all. <laughs> no. No, if you believe something, you need to own why you believe it mm-hmm. and not blame why you believe it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you blame why you believe, you say it's because of my culture, it's because of my parents, it's because of my... No, you choose what you believe. There's this mentality of um, being victimized. Yep. And it is exactly what you said. It is like blaming why you are the way you are instead of, how did it word this first thing? Part of growing up is taking responsibility for oneself. Yeah. That's part of growing up. Everybody has to do it. Mm -hmm. So your children right now can blame all kinds of things problems on, me. On, on you your wife uh, yeah on the fact that you won't give them enough money you won't buy them what they want mm-hmm. i mean you can get blamed for a host of things mm-hmm. one day they're going to realize that they're personally responsible for their attitude regardless of what mom and dad did now i would say that that environment's very important if you if you're hearing me say environment isn't important i'm not doing that right but you and i need to realize as we get older that our belief system is set in place, but belief systems are not necessarily truth systems. They're belief systems. Right. Hmm. And because I believe something doesn't make it true. Right. 
also something the culture needs to hear. <laughs> yes. So what I need to do is have a way to challenge what I believe. Mm -hmm. So let's take it to the building analogy. Um, three tools that every experienced old builder will use. A level, a square, and a plumb bob. Hmm. Why do they use those? To make sure their building is, you know, square and stands up straight and don't, strong. Don't you think after 50 years of building buildings, you should know whether it's square? <laughs> it's not exactly how that works. It's kind of interesting, though, like you, you say it that way, because I remember several years ago talking to... Um, an acoustic guitar player that I've known a long time, and he's one of the best I've ever seen in person play. Very, very accomplished guitar player. But um, just asking him some of like how he was playing and you know what he'd been involved in playing with you know over the last several years, and he was talking about practicing with a metronome. And he was saying, like, you know, it doesn't matter, like, how long you play. Like, I've started to practice more with a metronome and just realizing I got to get it back to simple, you know, and, and use something that simple. Like, I, there's free apps for it, you know. And um, for those that so are musicians, simple. what's a metronome? Well, a lot, a lot of times, like, in more... Nowadays, a lot of people call it a click track. So basically, okay. it's the beats per minute, and you can set, you know, the BPMs, and it just makes a click, 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 right. click in your ear, and it's it's very precise. And I remember when I like first started out experimenting with recording and all that, I was like, this click track is cramping my style. Uh, you know, and I was really like irritated at it. Like, I don't need that. Like, it's really making me not play better. And I was, I was like ticked at the click track, right. you know, ticked at the click. Yeah. And, but then I was so irritated that the recordings never sounded good. Like the timing and I would blame it on the computer. Like, oh, the processor's slowing up and speeding down or yep. slowing down and speeding up the click. And it's all the click tracks fault. And when I finally, like, I watched this video from uh, the Recording Revolution, and he basically said, like, get over yourself. Like, you need, if you want to have good-sounding music or good-sounding recordings, you got to learn how to play with a click. And it was kind of humbling to, like, oh, he, yeah, doesn't right. know, he, you know? he doesn't know what he's <laughs> yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so. What does Phil Keggy know? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. And so then, you know, time went on and didn't really have a ton of like experience with it. But then I was leading at our church and I thought, you know, I think it'd be really good to implement a click and learn how to play with it. Cause I was, you know, contemplating that comment by the, this much more experienced right. guitar player. And I'm, I was like, okay. So we, we have the monitors that are in our ears now, the in-ear monitors. And, yep. and so I started using the click and it was really kind of cumbersome at first. And now, I don't know how I <laughs> I ever didn't use a click, yep. you know. And I've I've done some recording with some other you know guys, and the one guy who was actually tracking the guitar track told me he's like, it's pretty obvious you know how to play with a click, and that's from you know doing it a lot now. Yeah. yeah. But 
he just said like it makes his job um with the recording and you know having to polish it and edit and stuff later he said it's so much easier when somebody knows how to play with a click yeah and it sounds better and i mean for dynamics like especially in a live context and i know i'm totally getting off on no that music this is great trip, i mean you're you're showing but, how you are responsible with truth and not feelings and not belief systems because originally you didn't believe this right and i'm aligning with you know the the truth which is you know the the click in this case and yeah and so now like my wife and i talk about it playing at church it's like how do we ever do this without and it i tell you what it really you know because i thought you it used to like cramp my style and messed with the flow of the song and all this stuff but i tell you what it really took the dynamics and everything that I wanted to the next level when I finally realized like this wasn't cramping the style because, and I'll tell you why it's because everybody had the same click click. Everybody was aligning their playing with the same click. And so especially for breaks and builds and everybody coming in together and having it more synchronized, like it totally changed the way we play. And it was, it was, it was next level and it was very, very clear that we were much tighter you know and i you know and even um even if people i think didn't have a ton of musical background they could see like there was something tighter about the arrangement so anyways well yeah so you started off with a belief system i don't need that right i did i was pretty adamant about like i'm above that but your belief (laughs) system was wrong yes it was it wasn't that it wasn't a belief system it's just that it was not in accordance with right And I had the ability to believe something false. So, and again, I want to review how you got to the point where you challenged what you believed. You challenged, you were challenged with what you believe how? It was not like directly. It was somebody much better than me saying they needed a click track. Right. So they said something that was very definitive. Mm Mm-hmm. That didn't give you a chance to wiggle out of it. Right. And it even, you know, I think it was cool how it came about because it wasn't even directed at me of like, you need exactly. to use a click track. It was like, he's obviously much more accomplished and he thinks, man, I really need a click track. Right. <laughs> you know? So that was really getting me to thinking like, well, if he needs a click track, man alive, you know, exactly. I, I need one, you know? Well, you know what? Again, I think there's things that Really, we need to be listening to that God can bring our way and then challenge our belief system. We need to do Mm -hmm. that. Because if our belief system is aligned with the truth, we won't change anything. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. But we do need to challenge our belief system. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like me saying, okay, um, if you trust um, money, you know, how much money do you need, you might ask. And I say, well, however much you have, if you trust it, it's evil. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you have money where you trust it over God, I would get rid of your money. Now I would be quiet. Now that might bother somebody because mm-hmm. they're going, get rid of it. You know, it's like, well, but what I'm counting on is that truth to hit you later. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to think of how you use your money, and I'm saying, well, don't trust your money. Remember I said don't trust it. Mm-hmm. It's not, I didn't say don't have it. I didn't say you shouldn't manage it. Mm-hmm. I told you not to trust it. Now, you have to go through the process of figuring out, do I trust it? Because every Christian I've ever talked to says they don't trust their money. 
you know, because they know the Sunday school answer. You mm-hmm. know, I, I need to trust God. I trust God. I don't trust. Fine. Do you really? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's my question. That's all. Right. Yeah. And I think th- those are things that I, I appreciate you being sensitive to the click track thing because that's exactly the process you have to go through. You have to allow that stuff to happen. Um, I remember years ago I went to a, a Green Bay Packer football practice. A friend of mine was good friends with Mike Holmgren when he was coach of the uh, Packers, and he got um, permission to come and bring a friend and just be on the sidelines to watch practice. And so we went. I cool. watched. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, went watched practice. Reggie White was there back oh, wow. then and that kind of stuff. So cool. Um, I played in college, so I was really anxious to see what do these pros do. I mean, this is the highest level mm-hmm. of athleticism. I want to see what these guys do, man. <laughs> Behind, they must be doing some crazy uh, drills right. that Be- nobody <laughs> behind closed curtains, man. They got they got all this really cool stuff they're doing. Yeah. I was the most disappointed ever. Huh? They were doing the same things I did in high school. Hmm. The same drills. Hmm. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> you guys are the highest level. To, yeah, to perform at the highest level. And I asked about it, and they said, you got to go over the fundamentals. Hmm. You can never leave the fundamentals. Hmm. You start leaving the fundamentals, you do all kinds of things you shouldn't do anymore. Hmm. You know, and, and I imagine music, it's the same way. There are, there are some fundamentals. I, now, I don't know. Now, I'm not a musician, so forgive me if I'm wrong here. I don't know if jazz has any fundamentals uh, you know, involved in it. I think they just get together and jam, and, <laughs> and wherever it goes, it goes. I mean, and that might be the essence of jazz. Uh, but, it, again, I say that as somebody who's not a musician, so I have no idea. Uh, but I think there's fundamentals in music that, that you need to at least observe hmm. in order mm-hmm. for music to be any quality at all. Yeah. The theory. Um, however, I, I'm not a musician, so I'll be quiet there. I'm just equating it with everything else in life. There's fundamentals in sports. There's fundamentals in finance. You know, if I look at you and I say, you're responsible to understand the fundamentals in finance, you might say, what are they? Don't spend more than you make. Boom. There you go. Okay. That's the first fundamental. Mm-hmm. Have a budget. Mm-hmm. Put some money away for an emergency. I'll be quiet now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not going right, to hit you yeah. with a yeah. ton of fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, here's some things that you really need to know. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how much you need to have in savings total. I'm not going to tell you how to do a retirement account. I'm not going to tell you. I already told you earlier, don't trust your money. Mm-hmm. So really, I think I've given you all the fundamentals. Let you work it out now, mm-hmm. you know, where it goes. Uh, I think there's, there's fundamentals in marriage that you're responsible for. Again, I think people need to be responsible for the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. All right? And, and so in marriage, the fundamentals. The Bible tells me that you need to love your wife like Christ loved the church. So as, as a young friend of mine, I'm saying, you know, Todd, love Sarah the way Christ loved the church. Right. Now, you would agree with me, but now I would say, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I want you to struggle with what that means and actually apply it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's a fundamental of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, your wife needs to let you do that. She needs to submit to that. That's a fundamental. Now, you two can sit and talk about it. You can come over and talk to Linda and I about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Right. But those are the fundamentals. And that's why you would talk to somebody, maybe a financial advisor or whatever, because you have the fundamentals in finance already. Mm-hmm. Now you're right. working on 
Yeah, building upon it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And likewise in marriage, the, the fundamentals in marriage are in place. So, uh, you know, um, I've said so often that if I were doing a, a seminar on marriage, I would have it very short and simple. Mm-hmm. And I would say that your marriage stinks if you're self-centered. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. done. Any questions? <laughs> um, Thus because, endeth the lesson. Yeah. So immediately that becomes a fundamental to me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be a self-centered person, I can't have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to review the fundamentals just like football players do. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I encourage you to do, Todd. You and, and, and your wife sometimes sit down. And write some fundamentals in some areas. Not, not don't get long in any of them. Mm-hmm. Just simple fundamentals. So, like in finance, that we talked about, what are the fundamentals? Don't spend more than you earn. Mm-hmm. Have them written somewhere, and at least once a year, go over them. Mm. You know, say, yeah. yeah. What, be, why? Because it's your click track. Right. That's all. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not overly scientific. It's not. It's just boy, we got life click track going on here. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so. Well, and something too, I want to maybe touch on because it's kind of come to my mind recently. Doing things like that, um, it's kind of sad, but I think a lot of Christians look at that and think it's legalism. Right. And it's really not. It's really not. Um, there are plenty of secular people um, that have no no relationship with the Lord, that do a lot of intentional things because they know what they're about. Right. And I mean, like, a lot of business people, they, you know, take just an amoral, like a business, you know, for example. There's a lot of guys that run wealthy companies that won't go out and drink on the weekends. Right. Oh, is that legalism? They don't even know the Lord. It's because they know what they're about. Right. And, I mean, the same guys won't, you know, eat out. That's a totally harmless thing, you know, like especially these guys with tons of money. But why? They know what they're about, and they're trying to be wise with their money. Right. And so I think that that a lot of this advice is very practical that you're giving. It's very good. And I just want to throw it out there, like, don't be one of those people that's convicted like oh i should be more intentional with my time and just pass it off as legalism and like for myself i try to get up early and exercise you know three times a week um at least and that's not legalism it's because i want to be physically healthy you know that's not legalism (laughs) i think people are very quick to put things under that label that they don't want to put the extra effort towards you know writing down fundamentals right and like, well, isn't that legalism? It's like, well, it actually gives you freedom to set up some parameters. We were talking about that with creativity right. on a previous episode, a couple episodes ago, and just talking about the thing that actually frees me up to be more creative is to say, okay, I want it to, you know, be this time signature, this key. I want to have like this kind of a chorus, you know, right. and then, okay, so how do I and maybe this topic how do i fit all those into one song well okay now i'm a little freer to be creative in what that looks like so anyways i just kind of a side tangent and and you know what i found for exercise when i exercise if i take an hour to exercise i have about an hour's more energy Hmm. 
once I'm in shape. Yeah. Exercise gives you more energy. Hmm. It allows you to be more productive. Hmm. You're not wasting time right. when, <laughs> you, when you exercise. Yeah. So whatever time I invest, mm-hmm. I'm just getting back. I'm more productive. I'm, right. I'm happier. I'm, I mean, all of that goes with exercise. So if somebody says, you know what, I'm just too tired. I don't have it. Well, I tell them all the more, go exercise. Fundamental mm-hmm. in life. You're, right. Again, you go back to the fundamentals. You can have an exercise fundamental if, if yeah. you want to do that. Well, and two, something, something along, kind of, kind of along those lines, um, more, more on just evaluating yourself and looking at yourself in those things. I remember, you know, we were talking not that long ago, and I was just talking about, like, oh, I don't feel like I have enough time, like, to get everything done. And I used to make this list like with times like at this time I'm going to do this and this time I'm going to do this and just kind of said like it just doesn't work when random things come up all the time that you know need to be done and you you would kind of challenge me on it like well I mean I think that still is kind of poor time management to not do that and so since then I've tried to you know humble myself and do it again and again I am seeing the benefits of being intentional with my time. Now, you know, you might not always check everything off your list, but I'm more productive and I know where my time is going. And, you know, it's, it's intentionally setting a plan. It's that legalism again. Yeah. And I, I would throw <laughs> at you that there's often times where you don't check everything off your list, but it still makes you more productive. Right. Yeah. And it's the intentionality of like the fundamental is, We've talked about, I'm sure on here before, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'll say it again. You've, you've said it to me personally many times, unplanned time goes to your right. weakness. Right. And so it's that, that's a fundamental. Okay, so what am I going to do about it? Well, I wrote it down, but it didn't really work. And so I kind of got away from that. Right. It's like, well, that's, you know, still poor time management. Okay, let me step back, evaluate myself. What's the click track? Yep. <laughs> okay, so now I'm writing down my schedules more now. Yeah. Um, again. And, and really, you, you know that I've encouraged you, you, you may not want to put times next to it. You just might want to say, here's what I want to get done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a list, and that alone right. will be very productive. Yeah. Yep. It, it, because now it allows a little more flexibility within the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think, I think you make such a good point. Intentionality is not legalism. No, it's not. Legalism actually is, is more rare than we'd like to believe. Legalism is doing something, believing that your value is more because you do it and that you're loved more because you do it. So you do it on the outside to get, gain those advantages. Mm-hmm. It, when you do what's right, that's not legalism. Right. Or wise or smart. Right. So you know, yeah, planning th- is wise. I think a lot of people like to throw that label of legalism on people being intentional because they recognize they should do it and they're not. Right. And in fact, in the Bible, you're, you're taught um, when you got married, you now need to be faithful to your wife. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're faithful to her, are you legalistic? <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, yeah, not, see, you're just living. Yeah. You're living how the Bible says to. Yeah, you're to be generous with people who are poor, right? Yeah. So if you're generous, are you legalistic? No. No, and I think too, it's the thing that also is important to point out is somebody being intentional with their time that might look like legalism to somebody else. 
be me being intentional with my time might not look the same as you being intentional with your time. Right. And so I think it's important when we are intentional with our time to not judge other people that aren't. We are not the standard. Right. We stand before God accountable for our time, our resources, those kind of things. And we need to come up for ourselves what is the best way of managing what God has given us. And that is the intentionality, not legalism. (laughs) Right. If you're in any relationship with anybody, and this includes God, then you're going to be intentional about the time that you spend Mm -hmm. with God and with the people. You're you're going to be intentional. If you have um, a skill, like a music skill, you're going to be intentional about using a click track. You know, that's not legalism. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play football, you're going to be intentional about practicing the fundamentals. That doesn't make you a legalist. Uh, You know, I I know that when I took piano lessons, I took piano lessons for five years. They made me do scales for some reason. I have no (laughs) idea why. I was told they were fundamentals. So, Mm. I mean, there's certain things you have to learn before you do something else. Right. I'm not sure everybody needs to do scales every day, but I know that there were some... I forget who it was, but they were a, a really well-known piano player who said they do spend a half hour a day doing scales, you know, still. Hmm. And it was just, I need those fundamentals to always, always, always be there. Hmm. And I, you know, I thought, well, that's what you learn before you learn how to play. Right. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and this guy knows how to play. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's some, still doing yeah, it. Yeah, something about him drew him to continue to do that. And I don't know, again, every day or how often he did it. Uh, he made it sound like it was a pretty normal practice of his uh, to do something like that. Hmm. Uh, that's not legalism. In fact, First uh, Corinthians thirteen eleven says, "When I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I grew. I gave up childish ways." And I think that if I had a message for your generation, is to realize, you know, there are times when you're young and you're you're not you're not mature enough yet to think the way you should. It's okay. That's why God invented old people. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're around. Like right now, you have some sons that are at a very um, spunky age. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the wisest decisions now on everything they do. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why God gave them a, a mom and a dad. Right. You need to help them at this point. There is some point in their life where they become a man, mm-hmm. and they give up some of the really silly things they did as a kid. Mm. You know, I mean, and it's not because of legalism. See, we have to understand that. It's because now their, their, their wheelhouse of knowledge is a little bigger. They, they understand a little bit more what they should be understanding. Mm-hmm. They're making decisions based on truth and not feelings and urges and desires. And you've taught them all that along the way because you've been intentional. And that's really how it works. So uh, you can look up 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 13, 11. Uh, I also want to go back and encourage those that are listening to check out gotquestions.org. Once again, they're not sponsoring us. Uh, We're not saying everything they say is perfect. I think it's a great tool for you to use. And uh, in this conversation, there's a lot more scripture there, and they say a lot more. You can type in there the question, what does the Bible say about personal responsibility, and go do your own Bible study on it. And really, it'd be very valuable if you did that. You don't need to listen to what Todd and I have to say. (laughs) Uh, Listen to what God has to say. Uh, you've been listening to Younger Older, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. And uh, Todd McElhaney has been here with Dave Wager. 
And uh, we look forward to being able to come to you again in the future and invite you to go to Relate365.com and download as many podcasts on Younger Older that you'd like to. Goodbye for now.